I am calling this meeting to order. This is the Parks and Environmental Sustainability Committee of the whole meeting held on Tuesday, January 23rd, 2004, commencing at 4.30 p.m. Council members in attendance are Council President Kritzer, Council Vice President Forsyth, Council Member Fields, Council Member Stewart, Council Member Salahuddin, online Council Member Anderson, and me, Council Member Nueva Camina, as presiding officer. There are five items on the agenda today, and the first item is the approval of the full-time FTE position for CM24-001 for Parks and Recreation, and Director Hamilton is here. Good afternoon, uh, Lorene Hamilton, Parks and Recreation Director. The item that we're bringing forward today is um, looking to put this item on the consent agenda for February 6th. So we are requesting council approval of an additional 1.28 FTEs for the Parks and Recreation Department, which would increase our total FTE count to 75 FTEs. This additional staffing capacity will allow the Parks and Recreation Department to achieve two goals. The first is the expanded program capacity at the Redmond Senior and Community Center, which will open in May of 2024. Secondly, the change provides administrative centralization and efficient allocation of work within our park operations and facilities divisions. The 1.0 FTE request is a recreation program coordinator to support additional programming at the Redmond Senior and Community Center, specifically in the kids zone, toddler and family programs, and recreation events. The position is backed through revenue um, and from our parks and recreation fees and lives in the recreation activity fund. The second 0.28 FTE will be added to an existing part-time position, which is currently at 0.72. So it will round it out to a full 1.0 to provide full-time administrative support to the parks operations and facility, facility divisions. The FTE will be funded by ongoing supplemental dollars that are already budgeted in our department budget. Are there any questions on this item? Councilmember Stewart. Thank you, Director Hamilton. Um, and of course, this is really exciting as we get ready. I was just checking off the Senior Center today when I came in. It's, it's got a new- Looking great. It's looking amazing. Um, but I was wondering if you could say a little bit more about the Recreation Program Coordinator. Um, did the need for this additional FTE, it's great, it has funding, all of that. Did the need for this come up since the budget or did we forget to put it in the budget? Can you just tell us that story a little bit? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, so a little bit of both. Um, as you recall, we started the budget process for this current budget almost two years ago now. Um, and so we did our very best to kind of project out and estimate what our staffing structure was going to look like, what the programming within that facility was going to look like. And um, as we continued that planning, just found that we really hadn't allocated enough staffing to cover the kid zone in particular, which is a new amenity for us that we have not managed before, as well as ensuring that we had um, a program coordinator that was really looking at our family and kind of toddler type programming, which is a newer uh, programming need that we have not had in our existing um, community centers. Uh, and so, yes, that it, it, we learned it as we continued to plan for the new community center um, and found that we would need it and it will be offset by revenues. Great. Thank you. Council President Kritzer. 
excited to hear about the toddler programming. Great. Um, curious to know, so is this position, are they going to be managing staff that will be providing the care in the kids zone? And are we going to be projecting to add more FTEs to actually do that staffing? What's the staffing going to look like for that actual programming? That's a great question. So um, similar to a lot of our recreation programs, they're done in a, di a few different ways. So some is done through um, hiring supplementals who do classes and um, like staffing zones or areas. So similar to in like our fitness zone, we have a coordinator that oversees the fitness and then we have fitness attendants. So we'll likely have kids zone attendants who are helping take care of the kids. Those will not be FTEs. Those would be supplementals. The other thing that our program coordinator does is they oversee contracts. And so we partner with a lot of different organizations um, and contractual partners who help provide programming within our spaces. Um, and so this person also helps build those relationships and bring program opportunities into our centers and spaces for the community to enjoy. So there should not be additional FTE capacity asked beyond this. Great. And will you be coming back to us with a with the budget change asks for those supplemental roles? Those are all already built into the budget from when we did the budget last time around. So we did build in supplemental dollars for the operations of the new community center. We really did our best to project out as much as we could for what we would need for the community center. This was just one of those that we did not fully project that need out. Great. Well, thanks so much for the work on this and can't wait for it to open. There's like cabinets in the building now. It's very exciting. <laughs> Council Vice President Forsyth. Thank you. Uh, is it safe to assume that the budget numbers that you have in this memo are for this year only? And uh, how quickly are you looking to get these positions hired and getting these people onboarded? Um, so the 0.28 is our are you only asking about the one? Whatever you want to share. Yeah. Great. I'll share both. The <laughs> point two eight is a current staff person, so it's simply increasing their hours from point seven to from you know thirty two hours a week to forty hours a week. So that one is already filled and upon approval we will extend those hours. Um, the timeline for the recreation program coordinator, we plan to post it as soon as it is approved by city council so that we can get someone into that position to help plan for the opening of the community center. So yeah, these numbers are only for this year, but then would enter into our baseline budget. And again, that 1.0 is offset by revenues and the RAF has been very healthy since our recovery and we anticipate that to continue into the new biennium. Councilmember Salahuddin. Thank you. Um, I appreciate you sharing, uh, you know, the scope of both of these positions. Uh, my question is around the 0.28 mm -hmm. um, FTE. Uh, was an analysis or um, research into the position needs done so that, um, you know, it wasn't shown that we might need more than 0.28 and hiring someone else alongside our current staff member? Uh, and is there a reason or hours allocated why um, again, why we're only going to that full one position instead of more? That's a great question. Um, so that funding is I'm going to rewind us a little bit, but try not to go too far. So facilities did not used to be part of parks and recreation, came into parks and recreation, had a 0.5 supplemental position that helped with some of the administrative needs within facilities. When facilities joined parks and recreation, we have tried really hard to streamline a lot of the processes and things like that. There um, 
are still a lot of efficiencies to realize. If we're doing it the same way between both of those divisions, both of them are out at the maintenance and operations center, we realize a lot of efficiencies um, by doing that. And so the short answer is, yeah, we did a lot of deep dives into what are the roles of all of these different positions, who's doing what, and how do we make sure that they're really successful in that. Um, I think you can, I think you can always need more administrative staff, frankly. <laughs> so, um, but at this point in time, we're really confident that utilizing the dollars from that 0.5 um, supplemental and boosting up our full-time staff will allow those people to be more efficient, more effective, and serve both sides of that particular um, side of the house, as we like to call it, um, really effectively and provide support to our facilities division as well. Yep. Councilmember Fields. Do you need our approval? Do you, uh, so council appropriates uh, FTEs and budget. Are you exceeding the current uh, biennium appropriation authority for FTEs? Yes. And and it's the 1.28. So yes. th your department, and I guess we, I thought we appropriated by fund, but maybe we appropriate by department, uh, is right now is 70, whatever that is, 70. 73.72. Okay. So, so we need to be at 75. Okay. So really, this is a budget amendment for 1.28 FTEs. FTEs, the dollars are already there. We're dollars are already there. Perfect, thanks. Yep. Director, confirming that we would like for this to go forward onto the consent agenda. On February 6th, yes. Great. Council, do we have any objection to this moving forward on the consent agenda? Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Moving on to item agenda number two, which is the 2024-2025 Fire Department Promotional Exams Consultant Agreement. And we have Battalion Chief Caleb Freeman. Good afternoon, Council. Thank you. Uh, so our item that we're bringing forward here is the, uh, we are looking for acceptance of a contract with Jack Clancy and Associates uh, for promotional testing for a two-year period. Uh, the background is that uh, we had a contract with JCA for a number of years that we had extended and then we were asked to do an RFP process to look to see if another vendor would be a better fit. So we completed the RFP process at the end of 2023 and uh, only had one other submission. They ended up being more expensive than what uh, Clancy had proposed um, and also had some items that just didn't align with how we were wanting to run our promotional process. So determined that Clancy was the better fit and so we are looking to move this to the consent agenda on the 6th so that we can continue moving forward. Uh, and the reason on the timeline is that we do need to conduct promotional testing uh, here later in the spring, so we do need to secure the contract with the vendor with enough time for them to develop a test. And I'm happy to answer any questions. Councilmember Fields. Damn it. Do <laughs> you expect uh, much change uh, in content or difficulty or complexity between what you currently have and what this will bring? 
Uh, thank you for the question. It should be very similar to what we've been utilizing here in the past uh, several years. Um, every time we do uh, conduct a test, however, we do meet with uh, Clancy and uh, SMEs within the department and the uh, fire chief to make sure that we are all on the same page as to what performance measures we're wanting to evaluate and uh, the structure and design of the test. And then Clancy is the one that has the technical expertise to actually build and design the test. So I anticipate it should be fairly similar to what we have been doing. Great. And I think that answers uh, what was going to be my second question, which was, uh, will we need training uh, for personnel in order to uh, bring them up to a level to meet this? And it doesn't sound like you need additional training dollars. No, we're not asking for any additional training dollars uh, within our uh, annual training plan that we have is built in uh, the development to get people to where we want them to be to take promotional tests. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions from council? Okay, confirming that uh, the request is for this to be added to the consent agenda for February 6th. Is anyone an objection to that? Fabulous. Thank, Thank you, you very much. I appreciate your time. The third agenda on the third item on our agenda is DEI program uh, monthly status update report. And we have Jen Harrison joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. And welcome to the two new council members. Um, um, give you a little background. I'm just getting ready to anniversary one year in this role next month. And uh, I have to say that I'm still very, very excited to be here. And so um, with that, I am in the process of building this infrastructure. And um, I feel very fortunate in the sense that um, we are working with, um, we're, we're going to be implementing the READY program, and that stands for Respect, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. And um, we are um, working with the fabulous Anita Page, who is um, allowing us to focus on changing culture and creating um, fertile soil that will um, speak to um, organizational health that will allow us to build um, a DEI infrastructure that will be um, impactful, um, interdisciplinary, and um, sustainable in meaningful ways moving forward. Um, and so that kind of gives you a little bit of background about um, the infrastructure that is being built. And so that involves um, another other components of my work is Title VI and also building that as well in terms of integrating it in all aspects of um, the requirements because Title VI is part of the, the Civil Rights Act so we have laws that we need to abide by. And so how do we, how we realize in real time in terms of um, engaging and um, working with disadvantaged um, uh, what is it, uh, disadvantaged business enterprise program um, um, and increasing those numbers and um, uh, 
um, integrating that um, and normalizing that. Also, um, I'm I'm jumped into the deep end with um, the ready the Redmond 2050, which is planning, and I've been tasked with creating a inter inter internal communication plan, and that is about realizing that um, culture is um, built around communication and the power of words and introducing um, using words smartly and introducing new um, vocabulary into the lexicon for example intercultural understanding meaning that that is what we we're aiming for and so we're moving from using the term multicultural to intercultural because that's what we want also um, we are reactivating the welcome Redmond team um, welcoming Redmond team is has the welcoming in it because we are a welcoming city that is a welcoming part of the welcoming America um, Association and that really focuses on creating community um, from the immigrant perspective and um, informing them in terms of um, what um, democracy in the making is and understanding the systems that are in place that can do harm but also um, the good ones as well to inform them and create a welcoming environment. Um, and then another aspect of my work is community engagement. And so that is a very forward-facing aspect of my work where I, where I actually wear my feet hit the streets and I'm out engaging and talking with um, um, community members in meaningful ways so that we can better serve them. Um, if you don't, we don't know what we don't know. And so um, um, that's what I've been doing. And do you have any questions? Council? Councilmember Stewart. Thank you so much, Ms. Harrison. Happy New Year. It's great to see you again. Um, I want to check back in on that additional FTE, limited duration FTE that we funded for 2024. Obviously, since it's limited duration, that's not something that you know we can guarantee for next year. So I just want to make sure we're maximizing it for this year. I didn't see any mention in your, um, in your update for this month. So um, can you give us a sense on where we're at in adding that additional resource for your program? Well, since um, I shared, I developed the, the agenda for um, the update for today, we have hired someone to work with me, um, uh, a talented um, young lady that is um, just onboarding um, this week. And so I'm really looking at um, the opportunities, how she can support um, me in this work. So I'm excited to have her on board. That's wonderful. Could you say a bit more about the scope of what you consider that work to be this year? I can't. Uh, I mean, in the sense of how, as I'm building this infrastructure, I'm at this point where assessing how she can help me in that work. And so um, I'm still teasing that out. Um, in meaningful ways, um, but she has great um, a great attitude, um, a great set of skills, and um, um, uh, is inspired to learn and uh, engage in and help me in this work. Okay, great. Looking forward to following along and hearing more. Thank you. Definitely, Councilmember Fields. Uh, thank you. So it, it's always a risk for me when a question occurs to me, like on the spot and then I go ahead and ask it. Okay. So I might acknowledge that risk. But uh, I'm reading um, one of the bullet points here, welcoming, no, I'm sorry, Redmond 2050. And I, I like the work that you've laid out, um, but I'm struck by two things. Uh, 
the planning team during the next three months. I loved seeing you here every month, but it doesn't, it's beginning, I'm, be, I'm not clear on why we ask you to come here every month. It seems uh, most of the oversight that we do and the reviews mm -hmm. are every, in, in every other area, it's every three months. Um, and I'm acutely interested in what former uh, black and African-American Redmond residents would have to offer to us to improve our city. So I'm, I'm very much interested in that. Um, but I think this is just an example that your work takes time. And for us to see you every, and, and I think this is more of a question for my colleagues than you. Um, and I'm not gonna put you on the spot and ask you, but um, I would then ask my colleagues, do we, are, are, are we, this seems unusual. Would we be better off if this was a every three months, uh, both in efficiency of staff time and our ability to compare the progress that we're making as opposed to bringing staff in here every month? Council President Kritzer. I'd weigh in on that. I think um, the original idea when we made this request was uh, we hadn't actually had as many updates and we were in transition before uh, Ms. Harrison came on um, and we wanted to make sure that we could have a spotlight on this topic um, and be able to see how the work was progressing in particular on the ready work um, and on some of our planning work and so and to be able to make sure that we had a regular contact. I know that I've recently been discussing with Ms. Harrison about um, just overall being able to build a great um, advisory relationship directly with council members around how we do our work and just building a closer relationship there. So it may be that we revisit it to do it, you know, every other month, I would say, if we wanted to do that as updates. I do think that um, uh, Council Vice President Forsyth and I met with Anita earlier today and um, we were discussing about how the actual plan work of, of the ready AR plan um, is progressing and it sounds like by the end of the first quarter we're going to have an actual plan to be looking at um, and then we'll be having a plan to hold ourselves accountable to and to be able to talk about how that's, that implementation is going. And so I do think that that will give us some fodder in terms of these updates to be able to actually hear from uh, uh, Ms. Harrison about you know how that's going and, and everything. So anyway, I just that to say, I would say it probably makes sense to maybe if we wanted to go every other meeting to not have to do um, every month, that would be fine. But I still remain interested in being able to have the updates so we can hear about what's going on, the community can hear, and we can ask questions, but we also don't have to use a ton of time every every month if we don't need it. Not sure what others think. Council Vice President Forsyth. Thank you. Um, I'm always for giving the gift of time. So I know you have a lot of work to do and this is a very heavy lift in front of you. Um, I do think that, you know, we initially had these so that we, because we were all very excited to get into this work and to do this work with you. And as much as we love seeing you, I would rather give you more time to, to dive in. And as Council President Kritzer said, we will be seeing uh, the culmination of the last year's worth of work with you and Nita um, very soon. So I am all for every other month, every three months, um, however you see it best fitting in for your schedule and for the work uh, to bring forward. Councilmember Stewart. 
Thanks. I think this time of year is a natural time to, to bring up questions like this about how we want to go forward this year. I also think in the past there wasn't enough daylight on this program. This is prior to Jan's arrival, and so it was a council request to have some more daylight. Um, additionally, we have, a, so we leaned on at that time, I remember us leaning on the similar platform that we use for like Jenny Liebeck's monthly ESAP updates, so it became um, something here, but I, I yeah, it sounds like council leadership knows more about what's ahead and maybe we have a new chair of this committee and maybe some conversation can be had about what's right now, but um, I've appreciated the, the chance for sure to get to know Jan in this way. I think any council member Fields. I was gonna lead with uh, what council member Stewart just said that I, I recognize um, when something is new that we want to make sure that we get it the trajectory and and correct and i and i was going to actually use councilmember stewart's words to say this is a great time to reevaluate and i forgot to say that so appreciate that and i do think it's the beginning of the year um i don't think we need an answer tonight but i just wanted to put it out there thank you council president kritzer and might I suggest um, one thing we'll talk about at council talk time, but one idea that I have for our council retreat would be for us to discuss how we best use our committee times overall in some of the areas we want to focus on in committees. So I think this could be a great topic is to say how do we really make sure we provide the, the deep dive and focus on this really important area of work. Well, also, uh, hopefully beforehand we could get some input from our wonderful DEI advisor um, on that. Um, I did have one other comment, and you can come back to me. Councilmember Salahuddin. Uh, thank you so much. And all of these logistics aside, I really want to thank you for preparing this, and especially as um, you know, our first uh, look at, as new council members, our first look at um, this report, I'm really excited to work with you and seeing all of the opportunities that we have um, for DEI work across the city. Thank you. Council President Kritzer. Yeah, just one other comment, just thinking about the year ahead is um, it being a budget year and to uh, Councilmember Stewart's point about how last budget we said we made some changes to make sure that we gave the resources and authority to um, to your role uh, to be able to do this, this really important work. I'm excited to hear about hiring the new person and I would just put it out there that, um, you know, I'm very interested in the time in the year ahead for us to look at um, what is needed to continue to do this work well and, and would just encourage those conversations as part of this committee as well as the budget um, so, so that we budget adequately um, for the upcoming two years as well. Council, are there any other questions or comments that you'd like to make? Vice President Forsyth. Just congratulations on the new staff. We look forward to meeting them. Oh, thank you. Ms. Harrison, thank you so much for the work that you've done. I just want to echo the things that my colleagues have already said. Um, I'm looking forward to, to working together as we move forward. But before we do that, I just wanted to especially thank you for the work that you've done with the Planning Commission as I served on the Planning Commission for the last year and truly deeply appreciated the new language that we saw inside of that that we're going to see here on the Council this year. So thank you for all of that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Okay, moving on to our fourth item on the agenda is the appointment of board members to the Cascade Water Alliance. 
and we have City CO Melissa Files joining us today. Thank you. Um, according to our joint municipal utility services agreement with Cascade Water Alliance, um, the council needs to appoint board members um, by resolution. So the resolution was in your packet. What the mayor is recommending that she continue as the primary board member for Cascade Water Alliance and appoint um, council member Nueva Camina as the alternate. Um, if council wants to go forward, I propose that this would be on the February 6th agenda on consent. And I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have. Council member Fields. So I don't, I don't know that I have a, well, I do have a couple questions. Um, and mostly it's from faulty memory. It, if I recall the mayor, prior mayor, Mayor Marcioni, uh, appointed uh, then council member, council president, Bernie to uh, this board uh, in the final two years of his administration. Do you remember that? Um, so let me think back. Um, former Mayor Marcioni served on Cascade Water Alliance. Correct. I believe you're right until the last last couple of years of his right. term. Right, and then he appointed and, and he also, I think it was the same, um, about the same time when the CEO, COO position was created. And it was partly because uh, to um, ensure time for the mayor to do certain things. Um, so that's, that's the question part. This... Um, my thought, and I'm now talking to my colleagues on council, is um, I would like to see uh, Councilmember Anderson stay on the board as the primary and that the mayor uh, uh, resign from the board and uh, use uh, the time that's then made available uh, for her new role on sound transit, uh, the fact that we're in a budget year, and... Um, I'm certainly in favor of uh, both uh, positions um, being on council, and I think that it's something that we should talk about and consider. I don't know that there's um, an advantage, and maybe this is a question uh, for you, CO Files. Is is there something that would? It, Assuming that council agreed with me, is there something technical or even something compelling uh, that would would that we wouldn't want to do that? A um, couple thoughts. Um, so just continuity of a board member to have the mayor as the primary board member. She has been the primary board member for quite a while. So continuity with Cascade Wider Alliance. Um, so I think that would be the primary thought. Um, I could probably think of other ones if you gave me time. But <laughs> no, and I, that's fine. And I think the continuity uh, also in continuing a, a council member, council member Anderson on the board is sort of uh, mitigates that. Um, so I, I get what you're saying. Continuity is important. Being able to recognize uh, the, the history and all of those other things. Um, and unfortunately, Councilmember Anderson is not here. Oh, she is? I'm here. 
Okay. Sorry. I didn't, I, I'm, my apologies. I didn't know you were here. I was looking at the empty chair. No, um, so okay. I will, I, I said my piece. So thank you. Council member Stewart. Sure. Well, I think it's an interesting question. Um, and of course, with uh, no disrespect to the, the chair of this meeting, who is, is up for appointment to the seat, I would say it's not a decision I necessarily know if I have enough information to weigh fully given the universe of board commitments and appointments that has been going on in the last couple of months, oh, last few weeks. So um, there's a, there, this is want to, to, to weigh one board more so than any of the others. I just, I wouldn't feel like I, I am fully prepared with enough information. Just a thought. Council Vice President Forsyth. Thank you. And I would have agreed with the, that statement um, had I not inadvertently run into someone outside of council setting from another city's finance department um, at, a, at an event who, um, we were we ended up talking they ended up asking about cascade water and um i learned from that conversation that councilmember anderson was the chair of the finance committee and they gave her a glowing review of that work for that finance committee and i i myself didn't know that she did that work so um i thought that was really interesting and it was really great to hear that you know from an outside perspective how well one of our council members was doing uh, chairing that committee um that being said, I, I'm interested to know if Councilmember Anderson is interested in returning to that board, is interested in giving up that seat. Um, I do know Councilmember Nueva Camino would do an excellent job as well. Um, so this is really, I think, the open conversation that we all need to be having in this moment. Sorry, through the chair, is this for me? A question uh, to respond to Ms. Forsyth. Um, Councilmember Anderson, you could you could bring in another comment or question. Sure, um, I would be delighted to continue service on the Cascade Water Alliance board, and I would also be delighted to support another member or two new members to the board. I will remind the council that the uh, responsibility of continuity is going to be on the boards of, of Cascade. And if there's a possibility to ask if they have recommendations one way or another, it is council's decision. Um, and the mayor's recommendation may not match up with what the council's decision is. So I'm sort of in the middle on this. Um, I apologize for making anything awkward. I was not aware that this would come up. So, um, and I appreciate the opportunity. I think serving on the board has been a wonderful experience. It's definitely a different organization than the current council. And I am happy to support um, one way or another in terms of where the council lands on this. Great organization. Thank you for the positive comments and feedback as well. I appreciate it. Council President Kretzer. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking in the different suggestions and I guess my one of my questions that I would want some follow-up on would be a little bit more about um, the work in the, the time ahead that Cascade Water will be embarking on. Um, and uh, I, I think as, as Councilmember Anderson just said, uh, if there's any perspective in, in terms of uh, continuity versus new perspectives, that any benefits or... Um, 
or opportunities for having those new perspectives on there. Uh, so my, my suggestion might be, it depends, I guess the other question would be how time sensitive this is. Um, and if maybe we, we continue the, the same representation until we make the decision if we wanted to be able to take this, each of us kind of think about this a bit more and, and revisit it at a, another committee meeting. Councilmember Anderson. Thank you. I love that question, Ms. Kritzer. Thank you. Um, to answer your question, the board meets the last Wednesday of the month, um, and I don't offhand know when the appointment needs to be done, but there would be at least two council meetings between that and the next meeting. I think if you want to think about it, you have time to do that. Um, the mayor and Councilmember Anderson will continue until um, council makes a different decision. Um, Cascade Water Alliance would like, because under the municipal services agreement, we, I do need council to appoint somebody by resolution, but I think you could think about it. Just not too long, I would say. <laughs> council member Fields. Yeah, I think that we can come to a decision in, in, uh, in the time frame that was just described. Uh, I just wanted to offer that uh, based on my own thoughts, based on what I heard the council say, and uh, council members say, uh, I, I'm not likely to put this as proposed on consent. Uh, I will take it, if it ends up on consent, I will pull it and I will make a motion to uh, appoint council member Anderson as the primary, council member Nueva Camina, Nueva Camina as the alternate. And I think that uh, meets the the issue uh, that I've heard, which is we have the continuity, we have an experienced member, and we also have a new uh, appointee with new ideas. And I share Councilmember Forsyth's comments that I have complete confidence uh, in my fellow council member that, that that would be the best approach for the city of Redmond to take. So, and and I, I stand by what I said before, uh, the mayor, um, there's a lot of work to be done in the city. We have a 2050 plan, we have a budget. She's now on the board of Sound Transit. Um, and there's a lot of things that come to our attention on a regular basis that I think our mayor should be focused on. And, and having something like Cascade Water, which is very important in the capable hands of two council members, delights me. So that's where I stand. Councilmember Anderson. Just one final comment, Ms. Files. You mentioned that we would both continue to serve, um, and I had a cl clarifying question on if that is per our resolution or for the board term of Cascade. I am not aware of my board term. I was informed that I was removed um, earlier this year by the mayor, which probably means a, a, an alternate in, at minimum could be reappointed if we needed some sort of... Um, interim solution. Yeah, it was my understanding that um, until we have a new resolution that board members would continue, but I can clarify that with Cascade. I will plan to attend the meeting tomorrow just in case so I can at least say thank you and goodbye. Great. Council Member Fields. Sorry, that was new information. So I didn't know that the mayor had already taken action on this. Um, 
which is odd given the fact that we are discussing a council responsibility. I just wanted to make that comment. I'm not sure how and why the mayor would take action. Council President Kritzer. Just hearing this, my, my guess would be that she sent in an email informing uh, Councilmember Anderson that there would be this change. But clearly we've, we've clarified in this process that we will make this decision. So if we haven't made the decision as far as uh, COO file said, it seems like it stands. So maybe it was more uh, misinterpretation of that. Okay, so it's informational. Thank you, appreciate that. As this was uh, requesting going to the consent agenda for February 6th, I'm looking like that it is going to be going, being added to new business. Councilmember Stewart. Oh, I'm just always in favor of resolution rather than leaving a committee meeting with, with something hanging. Um, we do not have a council meeting next week because it is a fifth Tuesday and that's why even though it's not the last Wednesday of the month tomorrow, it sounds like Cascades meeting is, is occurring tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, so let these words have held a little extra space while we're all thinking <laughs> about the next step, that's all. Council Vice President Forsyth. So what I heard were some lingering questions. Um, so I'm interested if there's potentially space for this on the FAC meeting on uh, the, is, is the FAC the first meeting? Whatever the first. It would be um, planning and public. Public works, works. yes, that's right. Um, if there might be space for this on the committee meeting um, so that we could get some of those lingering questions that were asked answered and then it could potentially be on new business or if everyone is more amenable uh, to it being on FAC, which would be the following week, and then consent on the third on the third week. Council President Kritzer, I, I would support that, and um, potentially we could uh, request that the mayor attend that meeting, so that if we have any questions for her of her experience on Cascade Water, um, we could we could hear that. If we're going to think about who we're, we're appointing here, she could be able to share with us about uh, you know why why it is that that she recommends herself to be the main member that she can speak for her spell, herself at that time. Council Member Stewart. I uh, can very much support that. I think that's that's great. And maybe what I was missing here was we, we have a memo, we have an ordinance, um, but we don't we don't have much else, so that, that would be helpful probably. Um, I will just share with my, my fellow colleagues that we do have a very full agenda, of course, for 2PW because we always do. Um, so just fair warning that it's already full, so this would be an addition, but um, if you're okay with an additional 10 minutes, <laughs> that's probably where we'd be. Okay, so it looks like we are going to be moving this to uh, February 13th for February 6th. Councilmember Salahuddin. Yeah, so sorry um, for the late, uh, late question. Um, is there a process of you know, separating the two um, appointments, one for the alternate and one for the primary in the resolution so that potentially if there is consensus on a new council member joining, Council Member Noiva Kamina, uh, she would be able to go to the meeting tomorrow? Um, just a thought, I don't know if that's even a possibility. 
Council Vice President Forsyth. We would still need to vote on that action, so um, that won't, won't actually work. So technically, Ms. Anderson should be attending the next meeting anyway, because we would not have voted on the resolution in time for that appointment to take effect. That makes sense, thank you. Councilmember Fields. Um, I think, and maybe Councilmember Anderson can help with this, but uh, I've been told that you, that in the past I could attend a cascade, not as an appointee, but you can attend the meeting. Is that correct, Councilmember Anderson? Councilmember Anderson. Uh, yes, to the chair, that was what I was going to ask. That was just going to uh, suggest everybody should come to the Cascade Water Alliance board meeting and then uh, see how it goes. And uh, it's a wonderful group. We're You're all welcome. Uh, the alternate role is currently my role. And I've been serving in that position for four years. Um, with two years as finance committee chair. Um, so the, uh, the suggestion that I would have is anybody can attend. The alternate is really just present there only in case of the primary member not being present to, to be able to vote, if that helps. So everybody can pretend to be an alternate for a day and show up and announce yourself at the beginning of the meeting. Wonderful, thank you. Uh, Council President Kritzer. I could tell there was a little question after we all made the decision of the next step on this, of whether we need to do something formal to approve this. My belief is that we could just ask the chair of the next committee to put that on the agenda um, and uh, have the trust that it will show up there. So I think we could just have that confirmation. Can we do thumbs up with uh, being a long agenda on February 6th? There's also the follow-up Committee of the Whole the week after, if that's easier for everyone. I have no idea what that looks like, <laughs> but yes, that's an well, option. <laughs> here's what I would propose is, um, is if, uh, if the agenda looks really packed, then email council leadership and we could communicate to the fact chair to put it on to the next week. Okay, I'm seeing thumbs up all around. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And moving on to our last item for our evening. Uh, item number five is the monthly environmental sustainability action plan update. And that we are joined by Ms. Jenny Liebeck. Thank you. Good evening. Um, so this was discussed a little bit earlier, um, but just as a reminder, I provide these um, monthly updates on the Environmental Sustainability Action Plan. I've actually been doing that for about two years now. So um, these were started at the request of council just as a way to keep a steady flow of communication about our sustainability efforts, um, both for council and the public. So again, to the earlier discussion, I welcome feedback on both that cadence and the content that's delivered. So um, please send that feedback and I will also you know, be <laughs> tuning in or listening about the results of what you all talked about during your um, retreat. Um, but today I did just want to highlight uh, two updates from attachment A, which, uh, which is included with the meeting materials today. Um, first is um, a core element of our sustainability programming here at the city is our Energy Smart East Side. This is actually a regional collaboration with the cities of um, Redmond, Bellevue, Kirkland, Issaquah, and Mercer Island. Um, but Energy Smart East Side is a um, program that basically works to connect our residents with the incentives, information, um, and resources that they need to go electric. The current focus of that program is around heat pumps. 
And so um, today I did just want to highlight that we are hosting a webinar on January 31st um, where we'll be going through the ins and outs of the heat pump program, um, the local utility, local utility and uh, federal incentives that are available, and then ask, answer any questions that our community members may have. So registration is available on our website at energysmarteastside.org. <laughs> uh, and so please do share that with your constituents. Um, and we are also launching a, a second cohort of our boost program. So that is our low-income program where we provide full-cost coverage heat pump installations um, for those earning between 50 and 80 percent of the area median income. Um, it is, we have learned a lot for that, through that first cohort and really excited to be applying that to the second cohort of community members. And then, too, I did just want to flag that I will be coming back, actually, with our program manager um, later this, I, I believe it's at the end of this quarter, um, to provide a little bit more detailed overview of this program, because it is um, electrifying residents' homes is a really important initiative for all communities' climate efforts. Um, and I think one of the really exciting things that we've done as the east side cities is we've come together, pooled our resources to hire a shared staff person. Um, and so that staff person is housed at Bellevue, um, but obviously is a uh, critical member of Redmond's team as well. So she'll be coming, her name is Sarah, she will be coming um, to one of our later committee meetings to provide an overview of the program and again where we're looking to take that in the, um, for 2024 and 2025. Um, and then finally I did just want to highlight that we have a uh, Environmental Sustainability Advisory Committee meeting, um, which will be hosted virtually this Thursday from 5.30 to 7. Um, and so that meeting will be focusing on the second version of the climate element, which um, Council, you did a deep dive on with um, Glenn at your last study session. Um, and so um, your support in just sharing information about that, um, both the climate element being open for public comment, as well as the um, advisory committee meeting is appreciated. So any questions on those just two topics as well as uh, any of the content that was included in the attachment? I am available for questions. <laughs> Councilmember Stewart. Thank you so much, Ms. Liebeck. Um, this is a really great update. I um, just want to put a question out for the future. Um, it would be really helpful if we could see a in, in one of these future reports a brief update on how the construction and demolition program is going. Um, so no, not a question for today, but would be interested in that in the near future. Thank you. Council President Kritzer. One question that came to me from a community member when I was looking at our dashboard, um, which, I, which has now some of the updated data, is that some of the metrics still only have through 2020 and some have through 2022. Um, would you be able to speak to that of, of kind of why we have that, that split in the data? Yes, and you sh there should be updated data as of last week, so I'm not sure when they talked with you. Um, there was a lag just because... Um, with our greenhouse gas emissions inventory that I presented on in end of November, I believe. Um, we just had a gap in when that data made it into our Power BI um, metrics. There's this chain of you know, getting information in. So um, that those questions have all been remedied on our side and that's all updated on the website. So if they look now, it should all be up to date, but um, I will be sure to take a look and make sure that no, no, there are no gaps. So thank you. Yeah. And one one question on the fleet work that, that you mentioned in, in the memo as well. Yeah. Um, can you just share a little bit more with us about, about that collaborative fleet study yeah. work and, and how it feeds into our city's fleet study? Yeah, so I was, um, 
the east side cities, the sustainability managers, we do a lot of great work together, um, and we're always looking for commonalities or ways that we can help um, just uh, share information, not just amongst ourselves, but at some other kind of folks who are working on other sustainability efforts. So one of the areas of need we identified was to bring our fleet managers together to have a conversation because a lot of our cities are going through a similar process. So Redmond, we are, um, our public works department is leading a fleet study where they're evaluating you know, how, how the, the size of our fleet, the usage in our fleet, and how we can then strategically um, electrify our fleet. A lot of other cities are in our area are doing the same on the east side. Um, and so it was just a really great conversation, honestly, just to bring folks together and share what they're doing, what they're thinking about, how they've managed certain issues. Um, and so basically the intent with that conversation was just to see, is there a there there for us to continue to coordinate and collaborate? Um, we definitely heard a resounding yes. The fleet managers all were like, this was a really great conversation. I think they just appreciated having their peers together um, to be able to just talk through the challenges and, oh, Redmond is getting an EV fire engine. You know, they were all very excited to just learn and how, you know, each jurisdiction is approaching things differently. So they were identifying commonalities and things that they were going to kind of dive deeper into in future meetings. And so the sustainability managers were just there to kind of help ensure those conversations happen and continue to seed that. So um, it was a really great kind of test for all of us. And we all learned a lot, too, because it was fun just to sit back and hear them share and, and learn from, from them as well. So it was a great conversation. Council Member Fields. I can't find it again, but uh, the newsletter has 2,000 subscribers. How, how did we get to 2,000? How do we get to 10,000? I think we get to 10,000 by being parks <laughs> or beyond. I believe there are like 20. Um, yeah, they have, they have a lot of subscribers. Um, I don't know how we got to 10,000. I mean, we've promoted it from at events, um, at, uh, with, within other newsletters, things like that. Um, also, when we developed the ESAP, that was also where that news or that mailing list started to get developed um, in terms of continuing to grow it. Um, I, I welcome feedback and ideas on how to do that for sure. But yeah, got to take some tips from Parks for sure. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> Any other questions from council? Ms. Lightbeck, I've got um, just two quick questions. Uh, one is almost a follow-up to council member Fields on um, how are we getting the information out? We've got the upcoming webinar on heat pumps on the 31st. Um, how are we spreading the word on that webinar? Primarily social media and our e-newsletter. Those are kind of the, the two, I'd say, main avenues. Um, yeah, again, always open for feedback. I think this is always something we're trying to think about is yeah, who are the best messengers for content um, and yeah, how do we get content to people in a way that they'll receive it and you know, interact with it. So, uh, but social media and our e-newsletter are definitely the primary channels that we leverage. Yeah. And it's similar mm -hmm. um, in regards to Boost. Um, you know, as we know, Redmond, we're 50% renters, um, mm -hmm. ballpark numbers. Uh, and a lot of those do fall within the affordable housing range, which I know is also a very loose, um, loose term. But if we're looking at between 50 and 80% AMI, um, how are we getting the information out to those residents? Um, and how many, how many houses, because that's going to be houses, not apartments, mm -hmm. um, how many participants are we looking at in Boost? 
So um, there's, and so I may punt a little bit of this to the, the deeper dive conversation because this is like honestly a whole hour long conversation. But the high, I would say the high level pieces we're, we're working, we actually have contracted with Hopelink um, to do that outreach, right? Because they're a trusted messenger. Um, they already have a client base. So a really great place for us to start. Um, and um, heat pumps are expensive. So honestly, it's not like we can do a ton of these. Our first cohort was 25 community members across the east side, um, six in Redmond. So it's not like that's, we're, we have a lot of Hopelink customers, for instance, to be working through. Um, the affordable housing and the multifamily space is a definitely a kind of a nut that we're looking to crack um, and have some grant applications that we're looking to apply for to try and kind of get into that market. It's a really, really tricky market too. So again, welcome feedback if you have thoughts, ideas on how we can do that best. Um, but I'll be sure to flag that too for when we do that boost or um, Energy Smart East Side kind of deep dive that we can really touch on some of that stuff and make sure that's highlighted in the content. Great, thank you. I, I know when we're talking about affordability in any regards um, on the east side, you know, we, we never really know what is going to be the one thing or two things that's really going to, to crack that nut, mm -hmm. as you had put it. Um, so even if it's, you know, six residents, um, six homes here in Redmond that, that we're working on. So thank you for continuing it. Yeah. Well, we have reached the end of today's agenda and is there anything else for the good of the order? If not, we are adjourned. And you're clear.